come on. This isn't where this kid should be playing. I think backup quarterback has been an oversight all the way through. Tyson Bajant, Nathan Peterman, like they should have got a veteran guy behind fields. They decided not to. I don't see how he possibly could be ready. But please give me your rebuttal because I think you have the opposite take on this. Not necessarily. I do agree with you in the sense that, you know, the focal point this offseason, I think, you know, what Ryan Poles did was to get a veteran, an experienced veteran who could step in, who had a similar skill set, could run a similar offense to fields. Um, and he Ryan Poles, he did go out and he he signed P.J. Walker. That was the intent, right? Uh, a guy coming from the Panthers who was able to step in and lead the offense, had some experience with D.J. Moore. Yep. yep. And the simple fact of the matter is that he was outplayed in training camp and preseason by an undrafted rookie. And I think that's why you saw the Bears make the move. Tyson Bajan straight up created a competition at backup quarterback when honestly heading into, you know, training camp, no one assumed that that was going to be a competition, but Tyson Bajan made it a competition. Hey there, everybody. Welcome into the program. Ryan O'Leary here, along with my good friend, Alyssa Barbieri. This is the Bears Wire podcast. We're brought to you by the USA Today Network. We're available wherever you get your pots. So uh, subscribe, leave us a review, tell a friend, spread the word. That's how you can support us. And we appreciate you, as always, for hopping on board. Hey, Alyssa, how you doing this week? I'm doing. Uh, I mean, hey, it was nice while it lasted. That Bears being winners. The win I got streak. To wear my victory Monday shirt on a Friday. And that was it. And who knows? Hopefully we're not talking about another uh, how many games we have left now. Uh, another 12 game losing streak to close out the season because that would suck. But I mean, I don't know this one. It's disappointing because I, I knew better, Ryan. I really, truly knew better. I've seen this movie. I know what this team is. I know, with, you know, especially under Matt Eberflus. And I fell for it. I was like, OK, it looked like they'd finally turned the table as a team, as an offense, and for them to have 10 days, right, coming off that mini bye week to prepare for a Vikings team that was without Justin Jefferson that could be attacked on defense, I mean, it, it was just a complete letdown, and it was disappointing, and I think it's just another reason why Matt Eberflus needs to go. I mean, at this point, I think he survives the season, but it's clear he's not he's not the answer. And I think that they will move on. It's just, it's inexcusable. It's the same thing we saw from Matt Nagy. I believe, um, I think like coming off of actual bye week, the bears had never won a game under Matt Nagy. And I feel like it's definitely trending in that direction with Matt Eberflus as well. It's just disappointing because, you know, having, you know, actual momentum, the potential to win back to back games for the first time under Matt Eberflus. And that's the performance that came out of it. I mean, there were some good things like the defense, which surprised me, but especially in a season where I think the most important thing is we didn't expect them to make the playoffs, but I think we did expect to see Justin Fields take that next step. And it really felt like he had turned a corner over the last two weeks. And to see that performance, which I know we're going to get into, I mean, just just disappointing overall, I think, is the feeling coming out of that game. Yeah, it's good. It's good to have the venom back out of you, Alyssa, right? It was, uh, you <laughs> it were, was boring last week. <laughs> yeah, <huh? laughs> you were happy for one week. Pick the Bears on Bears Wire. And now they, you got burned. You got burned in the public eye, and now you have to. You and now you're you're seething again. Once you're seething about the team once again. I love it. This is the energy I want on the podcast. This is what we need. <laughs> this is this is the podcast that our lovely uh, listeners have come to know. So welcome back. Uh, we're going to guide you through uh, this episode, the last loss, and this game coming up, which is 
shaping up to be pretty interesting in terms of in terms of like long term outlook. Sure. Yeah. Are, are you talking about Tyson Bagent? We'll have to talk about him. We had a Tyson Bagent uh, sighting. Uh, but y- you mentioned that the offense, they had strung together a couple of good games. Justin Fields had strung together a couple of great games. We wondered, was it the competition or had the offense and Luke Getze and Fields and all of them, had they turned a corner? Uh, well, I think the most frustrating thing you hit on this, Alyssa, is you know before the dislocated thumb when Fields was forced out of this ball game, they'd kind of reverted. They, they looked like the team that we had saw in the first few weeks of the season where the there was bad pass protection. Fields was holding the football again, just holding it way too long. He was sacked four times. He had thrown an interception. His QB rating was 36.7. He only had 55 or sorry, 58 passing yards, no touchdowns over six drives with Fields in there. So it it was a regression of the offense, right? The the step forwards we had the step forward we had seen over the last couple of weeks and then culminating with that big game against the Commanders, it just where to go? Right. It, just, it went away. And to your point, the defense showed up, right? They had another one of their better games of the season. They've strung together some good games. Uh, they held down Kirk Cousins and forced him into some into some mistakes. You had good field position on your side, but the offense was just so bad when Fields was in there that they couldn't take advantage of it. Right, Alyssa? That's that's got to be frustrating when uh, you, you see the offense taking steps back when you think they're taking steps forward. We're just moving in circles here. And I think that led to you writing on Bears Wire, uh, and I quote: "It was a reminder that Luke Getzey isn't the guy." So you're back on you're back on our offensive coordinator again and play caller, which I love. Uh, why don't you explain yourself there? Yes, I see that you read the latest edition of my Hot Seat uh, Watch. Oh which, yes, always that's my favorite yes. read. <laughs> yeah, Get- Getzey's uh, Hot Seat went up a couple. Uh, he is now tied with Mandy Perflus, which I think obviously the two of them are linked. But yeah, it was disappointing, like you said, because I mean, we we've been on this ride with Getze last year, which was more understandable because he was a first time play caller where it took him a few weeks that Washington game last year um, for him to really understand that, you know, to build this offense around his quarterback. And then we kind of saw him again, got off to a slow start, but then it really felt like once he got back to doing what fields does best and targeting your number one receiver, DJ Moore, that things really started to turn around. And then we saw Justin Fields really start to to blossom in front of our eyes as well, because he had that confidence, which he really needs. Uh, I, th- I think given the circumstances that he's in and, and and then Luke Getzey reverted back to, you know, weeks one through three, where he just he doesn't know how to call a game plan consistently, doesn't know how to make adjustments. I mean, and again, you had 10 days to prepare for the Vikings. Like you had 10 days. You knew that this is a Vikings defense that was going to blitz a lot, that obviously they were going to have to go out there and stop Justin Fields. And the best way was to to combat that is to blitz him, to get after this poor offensive line. Because I do think that there's a lot of blame to go around for the offense's uh, failure um, against the Vikings there. And Luke Getzey's part of it. Uh, Justin Fields certainly is too, because we saw him doing a lot of the same things that got him into trouble over the first three weeks that have really been his downfall since he's been in Chicago and he's holding the ball too long. You know, he, he really needs to, to, to get to just throw the ball. You know, DJ Moore was open a couple of times, didn't throw it. And again, I think it's just him again, getting too much in his head, right? When he's under duress and when he's, you know, un, not trusting his offensive line, he starts second guessing his receivers. Like he needs to go out there and just play. And, you know, again, the play calling is going to help with that too. So Luke Getzey really didn't do 
fields any favors there. Neither did the offensive line, which I think it's safe to say that the Bears really need to address left tackle. I know um, Larry Borum was in there for Braxton Jones, but before Braxton Jones went on IR, he wasn't lighting it up either. So I think left tackle is need is a need and center. I mean, that was just brutal. Cody Whitehair yes. <laughs> in the shotgun, those snaps. Nicholas I Patrick. Mean, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Give Justin Fields, uh, you know, like a medal for, you know, corralling some of those. Like you could tell the baseball background was coming out. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was it, it was rough to watch. And then, you know, when Matt Eberflus finally makes the change back to, to Lucas Patrick, who was, you know, coming off of a concussion, you know, at the end of the game, you know, Eberflus was asked, you know, was the decision made because Cody was struggling with snaps? He's like, no, we just thought, you know, having a more experienced center in there would have helped Tyson Bajant. And I'm like, dude, just just admit that he sucked. Just admit <laughs> that because he would that you are holding a player accountable if he's not playing up to par, that you're benching him. And I think we all know that Whitehair was benched in that regard. But you know, Eberflus just again wasn't upfront about it. Just just say that he was struggling, so he put Patrick in there because you know he had done, you know he'd been there for the start since the start of the season and he had more success. And Lucas Patrick was someone who in that Washington game as well, you know, he had a strong performance and it was crazy. Cause I, I watched every game with my dad and, you know, I turned to him at one point with when white hair was struggling. And I was like, I, I want Lucas Patrick and I cannot believe I'm saying this, but I want Lucas Patrick in the game words. I never thought I would utter, <laughs> but again, he was the better of the two. And I think it just, it's clear that this is going to be Cody Whitehair's last year. He's costing you $10.6 million right now. You need to go out there and draft a center, you know, it kind of makes that Chase Claypool, and now here I go bringing him back up, that trade even worse because if you had that second-round pick, you could have gotten a center in the draft. Like maybe John Michael Schmitz was available Like at that point. I he, mean, was. he was. He was. But like maybe you go ahead and you grab him there. Or I mean, it's. I think that the offensive line is going to be a huge, and it should be a huge draft developmental focus. There are some nice pieces there. I think, you know, Darnell Wright, he did have – he had some some bad moments in this game, but I mean, any rookie tackle is going to. But I think he continues to be, you know, one of the the better rookies this season. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, if he can stay healthy, we'll see. With Braxton Jones, I don't think he's going to be a franchise guy, so you do need to address that left tackle. And there are some top guys coming up in this draft class, and you happen to have your or not yet, but currently you're projected to have two top five picks or the top two, the first two picks. So that's definitely a position that should be addressed as well. Nate Davis has done a, a solid job at right guard, but I'm not tied to him. So that's also, you know, you could address that spot. But I mean, I think just in general, the offense, there's a lot of blame to go around. We keep, you know, we keep saying this every week when it's this bad, it's not one person, you know, it's, it's a lot of people. And I mean, it's going to make, it's going to make this game coming up Sunday against the Raiders interesting because we're trending towards having undrafted rookie Tyson Bajan making a start because fields right now with that dislocated thumb that he suffered uh, against the Vikings, he's doubtful and who knows how long he's going to be out, but it looks like Bajan who was named the backup moving forward. You know, he's about to make his first NFL start. And how about that? Right. Tyson Bajan. Let's talk about this kid. Yeah. And I think it's uh, as Ibra flu said, and it makes sense. It's a gripping of the football thing with Justin Fields. And until he can grip the football, he's not going to be able to play. It sounds like he's not gripping the football very well in practice in terms of that first practice report we are recording on a Wednesday. Things could change, but it, it is trending that Tyson Bajant will get this start. And I, I want I'm interested to get your take on this because I know you're you like this player. 
a lot of Bears fans are are high on this kid. He's an easy kid to root for. I mean, Division two kid played at Shepherd University. Is that right? Uh, it's a Division two school, and he can, comes in and he tested uh, pretty well athletically at the combine, and he ends up with the Bears as an undrafted free agent, Alyssa. And we were talking before we hit record. I was like, you know what? Why is Tyson Bajent the backup? Like, where where is like a veteran? guy that could sit down with fields and watch film with them and be a mentor and all that. And you reminded me, PJ Walker. I totally forget about PJ Walker at this point in the season. He's totally, I, he slipped my mind. The bears had PJ Walker, but Tyson Bajan beat out PJ Walker as the backup and they got rid of PJ Walker and he ends up in Cleveland. And Oh, by the way, beat the San Francisco 49ers this past week, but we don't have to go to the, We don't have to go into that. Alyssa, for me, it's like, I understand the excitement around this rookie. Some people are getting a little crazy with the Tyson Bajant takes. My take on it, and I want to get yours and your rebuttal on this, I think the fact that Tyson Bajant is the backup quarterback to Justin Fields is freaking ridiculous. I think it's an oversight by the Bears. I think it's an oversight by Poles. I think P.J. Walker is a perfect backup quarterback for Fields right now. He needs a veteran guy to help him out. And oh, by the way, Fields has taken all kinds of shots behind this offensive line, running the football. He was injured last year, missed time. He's missing time now. Like, this is going to be a thing. Like, I, I think Fields is going to struggle to be in the be in there for 17 games if uh, if they're going to keep playing football this way. Come on. How can Bajan be ready to go, Alyssa? How could, I mean, I, I understand he's exciting. He's easy to root for. I get that. Does he have the arm strength to be an NFL quarterback? The ball looked a little floaty to me on, on Sunday against the Vikings. A little floaty. Can he process it? Can he keep it together against a Max Crosby uh, coming at him? I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think he's a player that projects. He, he should be like on the practice squad leading the scout team right now. And he's like getting thrusted into the lineup. And Bears fans are excited about this. I mean, come on. This isn't where this kid should be playing. I think backup quarterback has been an oversight all the way through. Tyson Bajant, Nathan Peterman. Like they should have got a veteran guy behind fields. They decided not to. I don't see how he possibly could be ready. But please give me your rebuttal because I think you have the opposite take on this. Not necessarily. I do agree with you in the sense that, you know, the focal point this offseason, I think, you know, what Ryan Poles did was to get a veteran, an experienced veteran who could step in, who had a similar skill set, could run a similar offense to fields. Um, and he Ryan Poles, he did go out and he he signed P.J. Walker. That was the intent, right? Uh, a guy coming from the Panthers who was able to step in and lead the offense, had some experience with DJ Moore. And the simple fact of the matter is that he was outplayed in training camp and preseason by an undrafted rookie. And I think that's why you saw the bears make the move. Tyson Bajan straight up created a competition at backup quarterback when honestly heading into, you know, training camp, no one assumed that that was going to be, a competition, but Tyson Bajan made it a competition and he outplayed PJ Walker and, you know, good on PJ Walker for getting a win with the Browns leading them in place of Deshaun Watson. And Hey, I don't know. The bears play the Browns later. Who knows how, you know, how that could come. The PJ Walker but, revenge game. Here we go. Revenge game. <laughs> but, you know, Bajan did run the offense more efficiently than, than Walker did in the preseason. And I think the thing that really stood out about him is that he just, didn't get rattled. He looked poised, calm, comfortable operating that offense from the pocket. And I think obviously coming in the game, that that was a lot, right? He was thrown right into the fire immediately uh, when he had to step in for fields there. But 
I mean, I think uh, you did see he is an undrafted rookie, right? We saw that with the two turnovers uh, that he had. You know, he he was able to lead the offense to the only touchdown drive that that they scored in that game, and he nearly led them from behind. I was like, oh my goodness, what's happening right now? Things could certainly get interesting. Yeah. But then we saw him with that interception at the end on just like a duck of a ball, and I was like, what are you doing, kid? Floated. But that's yep. when you're reminded, right? He is a rookie. He is an undrafted rookie. Not everyone's going to be Brock Purdy. But at the same time, I'm excited for Sunday's game to see what he has having an entire week to prepare as the starter. I think that I I think that what the game plan that Luke Getze wants to run definitely fits Bajan's skill set more than Justin Fields. So I think that he has that going for them. But at the same time, this is the same offensive coordinator and the same offensive line that have really failed Justin Fields this season. So, I mean, it's not like Bage is going to come in and everything's magically fixed, but he is someone that's going to get rid of the ball quickly. You know, he's not going to stand there. In the, I mean, he will stand there in the pocket, but he learned last week, I think, uh, that you can't do that behind this offensive line. It's different uh, when you're playing preseason ball and vanilla defenses and second backup defenses, uh, especially when you have someone like Max Crosby, like you alluded to, uh, that's going to be coming for you. But I am excited to see what, he can do because like you said, you can't help but root for the kid. I mean, he really impressed them in the preseason. I think he deserves this opportunity. And I mean, the hope is that fields won't be out too long, but you know, kind of looking long-term picture, this is, it's going to be an interesting stretch, right? Because now the bears are in a position where looking ahead, they could have not just a two top five picks, but you know, maybe the first two picks in the draft, you know, depending on how the Panthers and the Bears are trending. And I think it's safe to say no one's expecting either team to win anytime soon here. So now you're looking at this as, okay, now Ryan Poles didn't draft Justin Fields. Does he believe Caleb Williams is a generational talent? Is he going to take draft Caleb Williams? I think at this point you get to see if Tyson Bajan, not it's not necessarily a franchise quarterback, but is he a good backup? Is he something that you could keep on the roster moving forward? And I do think you know, hopefully Justin Fields doesn't have to have surgery because that could keep him out about six weeks and that's not going to help him. He needs as much time on the field as possible to prove that he's someone that this team can build around. You know, also looking long-term, because I know a lot of people want to be like, okay, Caleb Williams, you know, let's go ahead and get him, get Marvin Harrison Jr. But this team is not a quarterback away from being a contender. Like there are a lot of issues just on offense alone. You need to draft some offensive linemen. You really need to help that. I mean, that's the thing is we saw that Justin Fields has the ability, right? It can you get if you give him some help on the offensive line, I think that he could definitely succeed. But do is Ryan Poles, does he believe the same thing? Or does is he ready to move on? Is he ready to go ahead and get his quarterback and start that rookie contract over? Obviously, that's going to be a big storyline moving forward. Not something that I thought we'd be monitoring at this point after the the previous two weeks that uh, the previous two games that fields had had, but I mean, it's definitely something that's going to be interesting looking forward, but yeah, somehow I got off, got off on a tangent after talking about Bajan, but I mean, getting back to that, I'm just excited to see what he can bring on the field. I want to see, I want to see him go out there and, you know, you know, move the offense, run it effectively and make things interesting down the stretch here. But I am hoping that fields gets back as soon as possible, because I do think that bears fans will notice the absence of Justin Fields in a big way on Sunday. Oh, I, I agree with that part. I, I think it's going to, it's going to take some time. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks drafted in the first round, Alyssa, that 
are struggle to start right away. Just that get thrown into the fire and then it doesn't look good and they need some time. And I just, it's hard to imagine Tyson Bajit will be ready to go for this, but I think how are fans feeling about this? You know what I mean? Like what's been the pulse of the fan base? Uh, you, you guys at bears wire do a great job kind of tracking how the fans are feeling and are they like, I, I know some of your correspondents have, have, have some takes on Tyson Bajit they put out there. Uh, did one of your correspondents, what do you tell me before we hit record? One of your correspondents thinks that he could be the starting quarterback of the bears. Like, like QB one. Hey, you never know. We saw with Brock <laughs> Purdy, but I mean, I don't necessarily believe that. But I have seen Stranger Things uh, happen in the league. But you never know. Maybe if he was on the San Francisco 49ers, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's a, it definitely goes to show you that situation is a big part of this. You know, even with Patrick Mahomes, right? He landed in the perfect situation going to the Chiefs. If the Bears had drafted him, I do think that. I think he would have still been good, but he wouldn't have been great. And it would have been a lot more difficult for him to do what he does. But yeah, it's interesting. I don't, I'm, I want to, I want Bajan to find some success, right? Maybe prove that he can be a backup guy moving forward. I don't think he's going to be a franchise quarterback, but you know what? I think he'll definitely make things interesting on Sunday. Right. And I mean, that's the most we can ask for from the Bears this year because wins are not in the forecast, I don't think. Um, but, I mean, anything that's different, right, Ryan? We always talk about how we want to talk about something different. Yes, yes. I'm not happy that Fields isn't playing in this game. I wish he was healthy. I want to see more of him. I want to see Luke Getze help him out a little bit. But, I mean, I guess it's something new <laughs> to talk about and something new to watch. You want this kid to tear it up so we have a controversy. A quarterback controversy here in Chicago. No, like no, it. no quarterback controversy here. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, you know, what interests me about how the fans are feeling is, I mean, part of me wonders, are the fans excited because this helps the tank, right? Does this help keep the Bears in the tank where a player like P.J. Walker, who has a little bit more experience, we saw it with the with the Browns in the 49ers game last week, right? Like, you get out there, maybe a veteran quarterback who's been around. He's not going to be rattled. He's going to know what to expect. He's going to have that experience under his belt. Like he might give you a better chance to win. Uh, I understand that Bajan beat out PJ Walker fair and square, but who gives you a better chance to win this Sunday? Uh, maybe that's debatable. That's debatable. I just I'm I'm not sold that Bajan's going to be able to come in here and just say, "Let's go, baby. We're gonna we're gonna sling this <laughs> thing." You know what I mean? I'm just not not there. And it it, it brings me back to like the quarterback starting year one thing like Patrick Mahomes, you brought him up as, as an example. Uh, he sat his first year in the league, right? Um, he had a year under his belt where he sat and watched. Remember Matt Nagy and Justin Fields? Remember Fields came in and you and I, everyone, were just banging, banging the wall saying, put in Fields. We got to see him develop. We got to see him develop. And Matt Nagy kept saying, no, no, no. Andy's our quarterback. Andy's our quarterback, right? And he may, maybe he knew, maybe he knew that Justin could really benefit from sitting for one year and learning under Andy Dalton and taking the mental reps and just standing on the sideline, just like Mahomes did, just like some of the other quarterbacks who really succeeded got to do, but he couldn't help himself, right? He finally succumbed to the pressure. He couldn't be- fight all of us off any longer. Alyssa, he fin- his own job was in jeopardy. He said, all right, we're going to put Justin in. He's now, he's now the quarterback. You know what I mean? Like maybe Nagy was right all along. Maybe he should have let Justin sit for one year. It's, it's a really interesting question, but I just, I'm, this is just me. Uh, this is my take. I think these rookies coming in, starting right away, 
I, I think they're rarely ready. Even the best ones, I think they're rarely ready to go. So I'm I'm fearful for Tyson Bajan and his safety going up against. Unless it was a perfect situation, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's different. Like you, we saw with Brock Purdy. But I will say this about Bajan. I'm gonna say, he's Luke Getzey's guy because Luke. Remember, and Luke Getzey was coaching the Senior Bowl uh, this off season, and you know Tyson Bajan was someone who was at the Senior Bowl and someone he worked closely with and was on the team that he was coaching. So this is that was definitely a Luke Getzey. Not a pick because they signed him as an undrafted rookie, but he was, I think, a big reason why Tyson Bagent was brought to Chicago. And I think because I feel like he's a quarterback that really fits what Luke Getze wants to do. And I I don't think as an offensive play caller or any play caller that you should force uh, a scheme upon your players. And, you know, that's the thing. Like when Getze was brought here, we were told he's building his offense around fields. And that's that's not what he did. You know, he wants an Aaron Rodgers back there. And I'm not saying that Tyson Bajan is Aaron Rodgers, but he's more of a pocket passer and someone's going to get the ball out quickly. Um, so I think that the, Tyson Bajan is a Luke Getze guy. So that's why he's here. And I definitely think that I guess we're going to see the kind of offense that Luke Getze actually wants to run on Sunday. That's an interesting little piece of commentary there. I appreciate you saying that. So are you saying, Alyssa, that the Bears were more concerned with getting a guy that fit the system in term, and not as concerned with getting a backup quarterback that could help Fields develop and sit in a film room with him and go over plays and be in his ear on the sideline? Are you saying that's what the Bears were more concerned with? Because if you're saying that, we might be just saying the same thing, just taking different paths to get there. I mean, no, I think they wanted a veteran. I think that we saw that like I said before, when they did sign PJ Walker, because they thought that he was going to be a better fit than Trevor Simeon, who was originally brought in to be the backup. Simeon blows. Good call. So, but again, like Walker just had a bad training camp. It wasn't like just a couple pre, like one preseason game here and there or one practice here and there. It was all training camp and all preseason where PJ Walker struggled, where Tyson Bajant shined. Like that's the thing is they wanted Walker to be that guy but he was outplayed by Tyson Bajan and they actually, I mean, they made the right call. I think, you know, the guy that actually was playing better and practicing better, give him that, you know, give him that backup job. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yes, he's an undrafted rookie. I think that where there are going to be plenty of bumps and bruises come Sunday, especially given that he's behind this offensive line. And I think this Raiders defense, like you had mentioned when we were talking off air is a little underrated. So, yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, how he fares on Sunday, but Hey, at least it's not on the road. It's going to be at home at soldier field. He has an, uh, a play caller that it's going to call a game plan that fits his skill set. We will see the rest. We will. I hear what you're saying. This kid earned the job. So let's give him a chance, roll him out there and see what we got in taste Tyson Bajan. I'm here for it. Uh, how about fantasy football? Should you start Tyson Bajan or should you start the Raiders <laughs> defense? What's the better start? Maybe our friend Corey Bonini will give us that one when he gives us his plays of the week for week seven. Then Alyssa and I will be back to break down Bears and Raiders. I'm Corey Bonini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number seven. Quarterback Jordan Love, Green Bay Packers at Denver Broncos. 
Love returns from his bye week with an offense that should be as healthy as it has been all season, and he heads to the Mile High City to face a Denver unit that has given up 12 passing touchdowns in five contests, which is tied for the most in football. Only three of 168 attempts have been intercepted, and just the Washington Commanders have given up more fantasy points, mostly due to allowing big numbers to running quarterbacks. Love is a rock-solid quarterback one play. Running back Kareem Hunt, Cleveland Browns at Indianapolis Colts. As of Wednesday, Hunt was dealing with a thigh injury, so keep track of that one. But his workload ramped up last week, and he saw 12 carries and 3 receptions, resulting in 71 total yards and a score. He still fell behind Jerome Ford in utilizations, but that kind of touch tally cannot be ignored, especially in a week when you have 6 teams on bye. Indianapolis has allowed the 10th most PPR points in the last 5 weeks, and just 4 teams have been worse at keeping running backs out of the end zone on the ground. Desperate owners can roll with Hunt as an RB2 or a flex play. Wide receiver Joshua Palmer, Los Angeles Chargers at Kansas City Chiefs. Palmer has at least 10 PPR points in three straight contests, and he draws single coverage as defenses look to contain Keenan Allen. While Austin Eckler's return last week lowers Palmer's ceilings a little bit, there's still enough to go around in this high-volume passing offense. He has scored three times in the last two games versus Kansas City, and the Chiefs have given up four wide receiver touchdowns in the last five weeks. Plus, this one could turn into a shootout. Palmer is a quality wide receiver three during Bimageddon. Tight end Luke Musgrave, Green Bay Packers at Denver Broncos. We're double dipping on the Packers passing game with this one. There have been a few flashes from the rookie in 2023, and this could be the week in which it all comes together. Denver is the worst defense at limiting tight ends in the last five weeks. Six teams are on a bye to amplify the need to take a risk, and Musgrave has tallied six catches in two of the last three contests. The Broncos have permitted the most yards on the third most catches and touchdowns at the 11th highest rate since the end of week one. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out the huddle All right, we're back. If you thought last week's game was an ugly watch, Alyssa, this one might be Tyson Pageant versus Brian Hoyer or the other rookie, Aiden O'Connell. Who are the Raiders going to start? We're not sure. It sounds like you were trying to look it up on the fly. You you think it's Aiden O'Connell. I've seen a lot of people, you know, say, you know, bring his name up. I mean, again, it's an interesting situation. I don't know. Maybe you feel more confident starting your rookie quarterback and, you know, seeing what you got in him because you're going up against a Bears defense that has been one of the worst against the pass. And you're all, there's also another rookie, granted an undrafted rookie quarterback that's starting for the Bears. So, you know, who knows? We'll see. But, I mean, hey, it could be Tyson Bajant versus Aiden O'Connell, which I'm all here for. The rookie battle. I like it. So the Bears are hosting the Raiders. I think I saw them open as three-point underdogs, Alyssa. I'm not sure what you're seeing on BetMGM in terms of the line, but three-point dogs, we could go with that. It's been a while since fans have seen the Bears win a home game. <laughs> they have not won at Soldier Field in a long time. September 25th, 2022. Oh, my god! Not gosh. that I have that date memorized or okay. anything. It's <laughs> that's a lot. So we're we're well over a calendar year. Well uh, over. Since I mean, they've won a home goodness, game. In fact, we're talking about like calendar year losing streaks, whether it's, you know, at home or overall. I mean, it just... That just tells you the state of this franchise, and it's just not good right now. Yep. Straight up, they're 0-10, the, obviously, in their last 10 at home, and they're 2-7-1 against the spread in at home in their last 10 home games. So <laughs> the betting trends aren't working in their favor, but this is one of those games where you kind of have to throw the trends out. It's Tyson Bajan against Aiden O'Connell, two rookie quarterbacks. What are you going to expect? Uh, the Raiders are a little banged up as well, Alyssa. Jimmy G, he's obviously not starting. He has some back issues. He checked out of that Patriots game this past weekend. Uh, Devonte Adams, I think he's he's barely even been practicing. He suits up every week, but he doesn't practice. He's banged up. Uh, he took a huge shot. I don't know if you saw the shot that he took from Jabril Peppers in the game this past week, but he got hit right in the ribs. Holy crap! It was one of the hits of the season. 
Devontae Adams, but he's a tough cookie. He'll be out there. He hasn't been his same dominant self, though, I guess we could say. Uh, But still, the Raiders, they have Devontae Adams. They have Jacoby Myers, who's had a huge season. The rookie tight end they have, Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, is starting to heat up a little bit. And defensively, we've said it uh, a few times. uh, They easily have the most disruptive player on the field in this ballgame, and that's Max Crosby. Uh, and, And the thought of Crosby going up against that Bears offensive line and Tyson Bajan is very worrisome, I think, for the Bears and, and for me. <laughs> so I'm not sure the Bears have the personnel to adequately respond to that. Max Crosby is he's one of those guys that just never stops. He's got a high motor. He never stops coming at you. It's relentless. He's going to do some chippy stuff after the play. He's going to try to get in your head and you just got to deal with him all game long. The Patriots struggled to do that. They had to deal with him, deal with him, deal with him. And eventually he had the game ending safety. Max Crosby did to, to put that game out of reach last week. So what's your kind of leadoff take on Raiders uh, bears and maybe going up against Crosby? Can the bears survive that with their rookie under, you know, undrafted rookie quarterback going up against one of the best pass rushers in the league? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, even just a couple of weeks ago, right, the Raiders were in the same boat as the bears. They were both one and three and we kind of, we've seen how things are, sorry, the Bears were 0 and 3 and the Raiders were 1 and 3. Um, but now, you know, the Raiders are kind of trending uh, in a positive direction. I think that if Justin Fields is playing in this game, uh, I have a belief that the Bears could go out and win. It's at home. Um, but again, it's going to be Tyson Bagent. So I'm unsure of that. And I don't know if that would even be like the best co- course of action. I mean, obviously, you want to see them win. But, I mean, you want I, you really want to see Justin Fields out there. But that's not the case. I understand that. But like you said, Max Crosby, he just scares me. He's someone who I want. That's a player I want on my football team. I mean, he's just he, – he, he's a menace and a game wrecker. And uh, like you said, I, I find it hard to believe that the Bears uh, are going to you know be able to stop him. I believe Braxton Jones, a left tackle, is eligible to return off of injured reserve this week. Um, so we'll see if, if that's the case, if not the fact that <laughs> you're trying to tell me that Larry Borum is going to be responsible for that. Oh man, that's just, <laughs> that's just not a good look. Tough like assignment. you said, three point home underdogs. I mean, I think this is one of those games though, where like, even though every bone in my body is telling me to go with the Raiders to cover the over under set for 37 and a half, you just don't know with this game. This could be one of those very weird games where Tyson Bajan, there's not a lot of film out there on him. Well, Luke Etsy gets to finally call his his game plan for, you know, his rookie quarterback that he wanted to bring in. Um, I don't know. This could this could be a very interesting game. It's a tough one to, to pick. Watch. Yeah, it's it a tough is. one. It's a tough one. Very, very tough. This is me trying to talk around, like having no idea who I would pick <laughs> if you didn't notice. That. Well, you announced when you came in that you were done. You were not going to get fooled again. But I know yeah. the, the fact that Jimmy G is is banged up here and that the Raiders are dealing with some injuries of their own at the quarterback position makes you have pause, and and as you should. And there's the unknown with Bajan. We just don't know what to expect. But I think I like the I like the Raiders to cover. Um, that's where I'm leaning. I just think I like the way the Raiders' defense is playing. You said it earlier, especially if Nate Hobbs, who's a really good corner for them, is can get back in the lineup. He's missed the last couple of games. But I think the Raiders are doing some good things on defense. They're, they've been hot. On the defensive side of the ball, they just shut down the Patriots, which is not that hard to do. Trust me, I'm, I'll say that. I'll take that as a Patriots fan. I'll just lay that out there. That's not a huge accomplishment, shutting down the Patriots, but they did. You know what I mean? They did. They shut down a struggling Patriots offense, and I think the Bears' offense will struggle in this game. 
especially with the injuries at running back. How are we looking at Ro- is Ro- Roshan Johnson looking like he could play in this game, Alyssa? He's still in concussion protocol when, as we're filming this. Okay. So that's definitely something to monitor. But I will say that Deontay Foreman did a really solid job stepping in as the workhorse back and even Darrington Evans, who, who also got some looks there. So, I mean, I think this is a game where because you have a rookie quarterback in there, you're going to look to establish the run early. It would be nice to have Roshan Johnson in there because he really is the complete package as a running back. He can run the ball. He can catch it out of the backfield. He's really solid in pass protection, which is an area that Deontay Foreman struggled last week uh, against that Vikings uh, defensive front. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting uh, to see, like you said, this offense, I think they're going to struggle, but I do think that they will be able to move the ball a little bit. Um, it's it's interesting too because this is a game where we talked about it right last week. The Bears defense they're coming off their best game of the season. I think that especially if you're going up against a rookie quarterback like Aiden O'Connell, I think that this is an opportunity for them to get on track. You know, Devontae Adams, you know, is someone that Jalen Johnson has done well of in the past covering. Uh, back when he was with the Packers, uh, to, to the point where the Packers actually moved him in the slot to kind of get him away from from Jalen, and that's when he thrived. So, I mean, Jalen Johnson, who is – it's going to be interesting mon- monitoring him too. He's a potential, you know, NFL trade uh, candidate to watch. Um, he is in his final year of his rookie deal. He's made it clear he wants to be here beyond that, but we'll see. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely a matchup I'm going to be watching as well. I mean, I want to see how this Bears defense, you know, this is a game where they're going to have to to probably really step up if they're going to have a chance in this game because you do have a rookie starting at quarterback there. So um, it's it's definitely shaking, shaping up to be an interesting one, Ryan. And, again, it's something new, right? I mean, the fact that the Bears defense had a, had a solid game, they were actually dominant against a top-five Vikings offense. That was new. It, it was new, and it's something yeah. I feel like it's getting swept under, right? It's not as – high in the headlines because you know Justin Fields is hurt and you know the offense taking a step back after they'd averaged 34 points over the previous two games and they only scored 13 I mean it I mean I'm looking forward to see what this Bears defense does as well so I mean there's plenty of storylines to monitor in this game yeah, but like you said, I but, think I'm going to pick the Raiders to cover. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough not to. I mean, Aiden O'Connell's a rookie, but he was a fourth round pick, right? Played his college ball at Purdue. He has a start. I think he played one game. I, I'm trying. I don't know if it was a start, but he played the the game against the Chargers. It was a road game, so he's got some. He's got more experience under his belt than Bajan has. Um, he played a full game against the Chargers. Uh, the Raiders lost the game twenty four seventeen, but uh, O'Connell got in there for that one. Uh, it's interesting to me. I mean, it's weird that Brian Hoyer came in in the second half against the Patriots, but Aiden O'Connell is getting the juice as the the starter for this one. That's that's interesting to me, but uh, I suppose it makes a little bit of sense, but. Uh, because Brian Hoyer is a freaking dinosaur. So maybe that's why. And maybe it was like the revenge factor because Brian Hoyer is very familiar with the Patriots and maybe some of the personnel on the Patriots defense because Brian Hoyer was a backup for that team for a long, long time. But whatever. Also former Bear, Brian Hoyer. Oh, God. I think he's been on every team, Alyssa. He's been on every <laughs> single team. Uh, yeah, I just think I feel more comfortable picking the Bear. Uh, the, uh, sorry. Oh, Freudian slip. I feel more comfortable picking the Raiders. Uh, I just think... O'Connell, fourth round pick, uh, Bajan, undrafted rookie. You got, you know, I don't know. The Raiders are a little hot on defense. I like Josh McDaniels as an offensive coordinator. You know what I mean? I think, I think the Raiders have a little bit more than you. I think they win this game, but I don't think it's a blowout. I think the Bears will be in it. I think it'll be interesting. I think we'll see Bajan play in some tight spots, which will be fun, right? I, I'd be stunned if the Raiders pulled away by a couple scores. I don't see that kind of game, Alyssa. Right? I think. 
a 21-17, 17-13, that kind of score range. I think it'd be low scoring, ugly, that kind of game. Uh, and but I I would say I'd I'd lean Raiders to cover. Um, I just think, you know, Tyson Bajan, when he's your backup quarterback, if he's coming in the game, you're probably not going to win the game. I, I just that's my take. Maybe Bajan will prove me wrong. I'm not super high on him and his chances coming in. I can't imagine he's ready for this. But if he is. I'm going to come on here next week and listen, eat crow. You know, I am. I'm going to eat my words because I'm not high on this kid, but some Bears fans are a lot higher on him than me, and they might be right. You know, we'll find out. But my prediction is that it's not going to go great on offense for the Bears in this game. That's that's. Are my you prediction. listening, Tyson? Do you hear him? He's challenging oh, you to you go know. out there. You know, he's play listening. your heart on. Go win a game. And then <laughs> he's going to come on here and he's going to publicly apologize to you. And then I, we're going to have like one of our Nick Foles shows. If you remember those of those of you that have been here with us through through a lot <laughs> since the beginning, where we had our we had you didn't we have like our Nick Foles apology show? We have. Oh, yes. I think that was after the Seahawks game in the snow. Remember uh-huh. when they won? Yep. Officially apologizing <laughs> the Foles. Yes, I'll have an apology for Bajent, and then we will officially start the quarterback controversy for the Bears. That'll be that episode. Oh, gosh, so that'll no. be good. We can start cooking that up oh, and dear. say Getsy Getsy likes Bajent more than Fields. Because it fits his offense better, and we're because you've already put some of this in my head. Now I've learned a lot on the podcast here this week, and we're just going to formulate that into a controversial hypothetical thing, and we're going to do that as the Bears continue to tank towards the top two picks in the draft. That's that's what we're going to do, Alyssa. <laughs> oh man, do not put me in that that quarterback controversy <laughs> thing. But I mean, I'm just going to talk my way around it and be like, Justin, get well soon, please, <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> we'll find out, but uh, so. For Alyssa Barbieri, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Bears Wire has got you covered, of course, up until kickoff and beyond. Check that out if you haven't. Again, uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. And if you haven't subscribed yet, we hope you do. Subscribe and leave us a quick review if you you could. Let a friend know about the show if you like it. That's how you can support us and spread the word, and we appreciate that. Thanks again. We'll catch you next week. And as always, bear down. (laughs) 